people live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is Articles of News, where in the third block, we talk with Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself. Lots of temple news, including uh, you're not allowed to say identifiers of uh, temples, meaning a size don't matter, especially when we talk about temples. And you'll find out what that's about. Coming up in the third block, my guest uh, for the first and second blocks is none other than Megan, the Mitch. Watch your back, Mitchell. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here, Richie. Thank you. How I are you? I'm good. I appreciate you stepping in on the last articles of news where you came in in that third block. And the fact that you're just going to have a little bit of time for news today, someday, someday, I'll give you a whole episode of news. But that day is not today. What is new with you? Um, let's see. What is new with me? Oh, my oldest daughters are going to Morp this weekend. Okay. So for people who live not in Utah... Uh, Morp is where the girls ask the guys and it's like prom, but do your, is this a dance where your daughters buy matching shirts? So there's like, there's a theme, not necessarily matching shirts. Okay. It's, um, iconic Hollywood duos. Okay. Okay. But we weren't really sure if that was in real life duos or movie duos. Okay. So, I think it can be either. That would be I, the interpretation I, so. I would take. I think so. So they're going, um, my oldest daughter has a date. My younger daughter does not. There's going to be like two couples and then my daughter being the fifth wheel. Okay. So my oldest daughter is going with an old friend of hers and they're going as Maverick and Goose. Okay. Which is awesome. But then my younger daughter, who's the fifth wheel, she is, she got really clever about this. So Chris Evans, the actor who plays uh, Captain America in the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. He's like the only Marvel movie who have, or Marvel actor who shows up to premieres without a date. Uh, so she is going as Chris Evans and the heir next to him. Okay. Pretty clever. That yeah. is clever. Uh, <laughs> here's the unfortunate thing. And man, I hope that the parents uh, of the, of uh, goose don't hear about this, but that means your, your daughter's date dies. I know. On I the know. Date. Well, here's the, here's the one, the one saving grace about all of this. So his uh -huh. mom is a Navy vet. Okay. She used to work on aircraft carriers and stuff. She was like one of the people like directing the planes and doing all of that. So it was her idea mm -hmm. for them to go as Maverick and Goose. I think she's okay with it, but she bought him like a stick on mustache. Yeah. Everything. So it's going to be pretty epic. And the, the great thing is my daughter has a little silver SUV that uh -huh. she drives and we have uh, cleverly nicknamed it Maverick since okay. she bought it like a year mm -hmm. ago. So mm -hmm. it all kind of fits thematically. So, so when the date's over, does she get the dog tags of her date and then uh, Goose disappears and then in a sad, gut-wrenching, no matter how many times I've seen it, part of the movie, she'll hold the dog tags in her hand and then throw them in the water? Most likely, but it'll probably be like the Jordan River, so it'll yeah. probably have yeah. less impact. Yeah. Or anywhere in Utah. I mean, it could just be your gutter out in front of your That's house. It floods. That's fine. That's fine. Your retention pond down the street. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. There's water everywhere. Water for everyone. <laughs> but uh, only the Great Salt Lake. I have to tell you about this. Uh, as we talk about church-related things and these opening exercises, my last Sunday uh, at church was a fifth Sunday, as it was for everyone. And um, we decided that we would uh, do a lesson on church safety, particularly... Uh, church safety if there was an active shooter that came into the building. And let me tell you what, let me tell you what my feeling on Fifth Sunday lessons are. I wish that every week was a Fifth Sunday lesson. And here's what I mean. I wish that it was a spiritual application of a practical like uh something right Scenario. so yeah. yeah yeah because here this it was it was the coolest thing i people who have listened to the cultural hall for a long time uh know that since i moved i haven't been enamored with my new ward i'm trying to figure out and fit in and all the things but like this this was like the hope that i needed because what they did there's a guy in my ward uh, and by my ward, I mean my geographical location of my congregation, because he's not a member of the church. Oh. He he uh, he works for a police department that is not our city's, and they brought him in. He works swing shift, so he got up, you know, super early when he normally should be sleeping, and he ran the class. That's and awesome. And it was phenomenal. Now here's awesome. what I 
here's what I didn't know and what I truly appreciate. I didn't know that the church actually has a safety video about this very thing. Oh, that it would was, be useful for members it, to know. It was clearly made during COVID Absolutely. because awkwardly, the two hosts are standing 30 feet away from each other. <laughs> one of them has a podium and the other one is awkwardly just sort of standing in the front of the room. Honestly, you can tell that that's when it was made. And I love that the church plays uh, plays up the stereotype, which is church security. What do you envision them to look like? You know, large, no neck, mild personality individuals leading this thing. And it was every bit of that. But I'll tell you what, like the information that they shared, spot on. The church uses a video uh, in conjunction with our uh, materials from the Houston Police Department about the run, hide, fight. And it was great. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. All right. Now there's some overacting within the videos, which I super appreciate. You know, yeah. the one, the one, and and unfortunately it feeds stereotypes as well. But the one frantic woman who's like, I'm not going. I'm going. You know, you're just like, oh, come on. Can we wait? Are we not past this? Okay. Where's the realism? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but like I walked away and I was like, I went up to the guy who uh, isn't a member of the church who was there helping us out. And I said, thank you. And it's great to know who you are. Yeah. Pleasure Absolutely. to meet you. Thank you so much for taking your time and willing to do that. And it increased the conversation about, uh, you know, that the fact that that could in fact happen Absolutely. within our ward building. Of course, there were some things that I was, you know, a, a, as you hear people talk about it, that I go, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite know about that. You just said that you, you bring your gun to church, even though you're not supposed to, but that's fine. That's no fine. judgment to be had here. I guess I'm well, grateful that you have it. Are you a good shot? Should I sit by you? Is that what I was thinking? Or should I be on the absolute opposite side of the room? Uh, I also thought it was interesting that um, that people didn't know that we had had a shooting in an LDS church a couple of years ago. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So I can't say why I know this because of some sensitive connections. Okay. With my husband's business, but the church security, they seriously know what they're doing. Oh yeah. Like it's a, they're better trained than most police officers. Like they have to pass with like better accuracy to be a church security guard than even to be a police officer. Um, like they, they know what they're doing. It's, hmm. it's an intense, uh, situation. And, um, I've met a few of them. They're very nice, mild mannered gentlemen that yeah. you would never really, never really think that they, uh, have maybe, I don't know. They they know what they're doing. They're mild mannered, but they probably get the job done. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say that they've killed a man with just this pinky. That's what I always think of when I think of security people, you know, I could snap your neck yeah. with this pinky or with this thumb. <laughs> uh, if people want to listen to uh, the episode where we talked about uh, the shooting in a Fallon, Nevada church where a, a member of the church was killed. Guy yeah. came in, had a beef with him, shot him. He died. Uh, we actually talked with one of the witnesses of that particular shooting. Episode 281 of the Cultural Hall is when we did that. So you new timers will go, wait a minute, they've been around for that many episodes. Yes, yeah. go and find it. It's way easier if you're a Patreon saint to find that episode, but it is available. Find a link in the show notes. Let's take a break. When we come back in the uh, second block, we're going to do actual articles of news. <laughs> bestdjinutah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall. Because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. 
Com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. You can't lose articles of news. Hit it, Peter. And away we go. This is not at all, not really, uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related. Although, I love that it's just close enough that I'm going to justify it. A UK, that is United Kingdom Zoo, is hiring people to scare away the seagulls. <laughs> and it is my hope, it is my hope that members of the church applied for this job. It's now closed. It closed yesterday. But it is, they're hiring 16 to 20-year-olds. And I guess they can do that in the United Kingdom. I don't think we can be that specific here in the United States. But they're saying, listen, this is who the age of people that we're looking for. It pays between 8 and $10 an hour, or maybe that's pounds. So that would be between like 12 and $15 an hour. All you have to do is dress up like a, uh, like a hawk and <laughs> scare the seagulls away from the zoo. People, uh, they become a nuisance. There's too many of them. They're the trash birds of the United Kingdom, and now they're asking people to dress up and scare them. And I just sort of hoped, I hoped above hopes, that when the crickets came to the Salt Lake Valley, that it wasn't actually seagulls itself, but it was a dire economy led by the almost governor, Brigham Young, that said, hey, dress up like a seagull and let's get these crickets out of here in my heart of hearts. Uh, in my inaccurate church history, my hope is that that's what occurred, but I think it was probably actually seagulls. Well, and I hope that there's one who, one person who opts out of dressing up like a hawk and instead dresses up like a cricket to keep them there. Oh, yeah. Counterbalances. I love exactly. that. I love trolling. it. So that is my lead, most important story I wanted to share. What do you got? All right. So mine is also the very most important story you'll ever hear. Okay. News. So um, this is a little bit of a, again, a looser connection, but this is 11 tips for meal train etiquette. So meal trains are like outside of the church. If somebody's going through a hard time, people can go and do like a sign up to bring mm-hmm. them meals. So I figured this related because we bring all of the casseroles and everything when people have babies and People are going through a hard time and they're sick. So these are just some good tips. And I'm going to pick out the first couple. Okay. I think these are really, really good. Um, so my the first one is uh, it's best to expect that the recipient is not yet ready to entertain. So when you come and bring a meal, drop it and go. Oh, just, yeah. Here you go. And then bounce. Uh, yep. I was actually at a friend's house last night who just had a baby and somebody brought them dinner and just handed it to them. And then they were gone. Yeah, because otherwise you're obl- you're obliging them to have to host and no, drop yeah. and go. I love this. Exactly. Don't forget the extras like drinks, condiments, and salad dressing. Um, okay. Okay. I, I think personally for me, like if I've just had a baby and I get a salad with our meal, I don't want to have to dig through my fridge to find the dressing. Like I literally just want all of it right there sure. on my counter ready to go. I'm going to split hairs, though. I don't think drinks or desserts are part of these things. Like, I will say, like, a salad. Yeah, give me the salad dressing. Uh, uh, Breadsticks. Yeah, give me the sauce. You know, uh, what those kind of things. Yes. But I don't think that it's like, like, if you're like, oh, I brought you a lasagna. Let me also bring the, you know, fuzzy, the fuzzy, bubbly beverage of the whatever. No, you get a lasagna. Be grateful. Meal train. I'll agree with you on the drinks, not on the desserts. I always include like a some cookies or something because um, it's the kids will eat. So sometimes we've gotten meals where my kids just flat out won't eat it. Mm-hmm. And because people have different tastes and different styles and sure, sometimes my kids won't eat it. So having the cookies at least feeds them. Yeah, you know? at least gets them a meal. Although exactly. maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you've just had a baby, if you're a nursing mother, 
having cookies at 3 a.m. just readily available is a really nice. Uh, okay. Okay. So I'll all right. What else? Drinks, I'm, but... I'm learning. What else? I need these tips. Um, let's see. Uh, make sure you text the people before you come. Of course. That's just yeah. in general. If you ever go visit anyone. Yes. The surprise, the surprise drop-ins have lost their charm. Let people Absolutely. know you're coming. Uh, make sure to include if something needs to be cooked, like if you have to drop it off earlier in the day, include the cooking instructions. Yeah. So temperature, how long. And then if you need something, like if you need something returned, make sure it's labeled. But my my rule of thumb, get disposable containers. Get to, like the tin foil containers. You can make a lasagna in one and in the other one, you can put the salad and the breadsticks and everything like that. They can just toss it. And also this tip was not on here, but I include this every time. Mm -hmm. I always include plastic silverware, paper plates, napkins, because mm. nobody wants to do dishes. Man, geez, I need to get on your meal train. It, here's the thing, Richie. I've had, I've had six children. I've had surgeries. I've had lots of opportunities to receive meals. So I have personally learned from experience and I just try to do it, you know, a little bit better each time to make it a little bit more convenient. Cause there's been times when I'm like, I, I don't know which nine by 13 pan belongs to you, sister. I'm sorry. Yep. You know, I mm -hmm. may have inherited one or two pans because I'm just like, I don't have the brain power and the bandwidth to figure out who it belongs to. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's a good rule. Like you don't lend money to family. You don't right. lend serving where to those. And the thing is, like, if you want to take it a step further, here's a tip. Here's tip number 12 or 13. <laughs> head, head over to the uh, Deseret Industries and buy some of those, uh, you know, the ones maybe they're, they don't look all that great and fancy, but you're like, listen, it's a buck. I'll put the thing in it and then I'll ship it over. Here's tip number 14. When a gentleman, i.e. me, offers to be a part of a meal train, don't judge him. Uh, does your wife want to do it? No, I'm volunteering. That's who's doing it. Don't don't gender stereotype me, pal. That's tip number 14. And tip number 15, if I call you and say, I'm supposed to bring you food, where do you want me to order you food from? Don't tell me you don't want me to order you food just because I'm not making it. Doesn't mean I don't want to be a part of a meal train. Have an opinion. Tell me where to get it. Tell me what you want. I'll buy it. I don't have a problem with it. And then I know you get the thing you want. Don't make it harder. I am shaking my head furiously in agreement. The other thing, tip number 27. Yeah. When I reach out to the people, I'm like, tell me the things you don't like. Tell yes. me things you do like. And if you would rather just have me get Little Caesars pizza, tell me that too. Because sometimes... You are the last person on the meal train yep. and the family has had it with casseroles. Yep. Like they just want a cheap $5 pizza. Yes. Again, you know, their kids are going to eat it, you know, and it's easy and it's easy on everybody. And, um, other things that I've done is when I've been tied on time, I can go to Harmon's and very quickly get a rotisserie chicken. Yes. The macaroni and cheese uh -huh. and put it in a bag and a box. Preach of it. Call it a day. Yep. I mean, for me right now, I'm I'm trying to lose the weight and eat a little more healthy. Like you, if you brought if you brought me just a bag of frozen fruit, yeah, that's right. It. That's yeah. all I'd want. I mean, yeah. to be fair, a bag of frozen fruit is a small fortune, but that's... I I would take that in a heartbeat and be like, yes, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Absolutely. Let's just make meal deliveries easier on the recipients, easier on the people giving it, and it doesn't have to be anyway. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. You know, in our next episode of Articles of News, I'm going to try and get Nate Eaton back to talk about the Lori Vallow case. Uh, he came, uh, I think it was on the last one, maybe the time before, um, but we have him in from time to time. He's the reporter from East Idaho News talking about everything that is going on with the Lori Vallow part of the case. Which is I, all the things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, and I, I don't want to get uh, deep into it, but I did think this was interesting. This came from the Daily Mail, so everyone can be like, man, I'm judging the source. But listen, part of the family still lives in the house where Tylee Ryan and JJ were found. Stop. Like, yes. Who's living there? It is the, let me make sure I get it. It is the the daughter... Yeah, one of the one of the daughters and her husband still lives on the property. Might be the son, actually, now that I look at this. Anyway, I 
someone in the family is like, oh no, he's innocent. And also, yep, right out there. I yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I don't know what I thought they would do with the space. Maybe just be like, hey, caution tape and no one can go there. And then some looky-loos like break in and you hear about like teenage kids going and doing dumb stuff there. Like, that's maybe what I sort of thought about it. I didn't think in a million years that someone from the family would be like, my dad's innocent. And yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go mow the lawn, going to go, you know, trim the hedges out there. I just it, that kind of stuff blows my mind. Well, and like, is there, maybe Nate and Eaton can speak more to this, but is there evidence that the uh, murders happened in the home, like inside the house? Oh, interesting. I'm I'm not sure. Although, well, I, I, let, I'll ask that question among others the next time Nate Eaton comes into the show. Uh, and if people have questions that they would like to know about the Lori Vallow case, if you get them in quick, because we're going to do that later this week, it's contact at theculturalhall.com. Would love to have those submitted. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Um, this I thought was just kind of a quick article. There's a, um, this is from the Deseret News. Uh, the headline, this Latter-day Saint historian left his faith and here's why he returned. I'll leave a link for it in the show notes so you can read about this. But he is a previous guest of the Cultural Hall. If you listen to uh, episode 372, uh, The Lost 116 Pages, that's the title of his book. And I believe it is through, uh, oh, which is the book publisher. Uh, but you can find a link for that. Uh, anyway. Uh, there's a story about him. You can listen to his episode. And 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 for some people's money, that's one of the best episodes of the Cultural Hall. So 372, Don Bradley. And then you can obviously read the article from the Deseret News. What else have you? All right. So this is from the newsroom. Um, this the is church about, newsroom? Yeah, the newsroom of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank yes. you. Newsroom.churchofjesuschrist.org. Okay. <laughs> www. <laughs> Let's see. There's probably an HTTP in there too. Maybe. I don't know. Um, careful planning is the key to safe church activities. So um, Richie, have you ever been at a church activity where you're like, maybe this isn't the safest situation or has been called early because of safety issues? Uh, I don't think that I've ever been at one where it was called early. Um, but let me think about this. I have definitely been at church activities where I go, this doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. We may we may have made a wrong choice, but I think we just sort of leaned into it and tried to be a little safer. I mean, I'm thinking particularly of church ball, but there are others. Church ball where nobody gets injured and everybody has fun and no crosswords are spoken. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The fight mm -hmm. that begins with the prayer, they say. Absolutely. Absolutely. My husband has broken so many bones playing church ball. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. That's why he doesn't play anymore, honestly. No. I won't let him. But um, from the first presidency, it says stake, ward, and youth councils should discuss guidelines and practices that ensure the safety of all participants and protect the church and its volunteers, which is a good rule of thumb. When I was a teenager, I went on a high adventure activity for, it was for all of the uh, young women in the stake. And we had to call it early because there was a forest fire approaching. Jeez. So that was, that was intense. Um, Literally, we were camping. We were intense. And I it was it. intense. Oh, situation. I got it. Oh, I got it. I just <laughs> refused to recognize it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but one thing that um I think, and maybe I'm just adding my own because my own uh you're adding like fuel this. to the fire. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no pun again. Um is uh, not just physical safety, but emotional safety as well. And I'm coloring this because of some recent things that have happened in our family's circumstance with maybe some of our children being bullied in at church youth activities and sure. stuff. So like, let's not just focus on physical safety. Obviously that's important. We don't want anybody to get injured or worse or for lawsuits to happen because of, um, you know, people not being careful, but also let's protect the emotional and uh, mental safety of people as well. 
Yeah, I think we're get, I think we're getting better about that. Obviously, the physical things I think are the things we can recognize pretty quickly, right? This right. does not feel safe. Someone could hurt themselves, but there are definitely things that we could put in place to be like, oh, the uh, the emotional safety, the mental safety of these individuals. We could, with a small tweak, be able to make this a much better event. Uh, I'm, and I'm sorry to hear about that going on in your family, but I also know, you know, that uh, that you guys will work it out and and figure it out and we're you know. trying. Yeah. Um, but it said um, safety guidelines include having at least two leaders present at all interactions. Okay. Um, being alert for signs of abuse or neglect, considering the fitness level and individual medical risk factors and allergies. Okay. This one is a huge one for me. Allergies. Okay. So my youngest son, when he was not even a year old, he was diagnosed with a laundry list of food allergies. Okay. Like, everything you could think of, he was allergic to. And luckily that all happened pre COVID. So like, as he was starting to eat like solid foods where we would be at award activity and foods were starting to, you know, where he could eat them COVID hit. And so then we didn't have any issues, but like, he's allergic to peanuts okay. and that is terrifying for me. And so, you know, if you want to, I, I get really nervous about people bringing peanut butter cookies or what have you. Luckily he's as a five-year-old, he's actually really good about asking people does this have peanuts in it? Does this mm -hmm. have peanut butter? Or he recognizes peanut butter cups and says, I can't eat that, you know, but he doesn't know everything that has peanut butter in it. Um, so I think that that's something that should be very, very, uh, it should be something that people think about when they make food that just label it, mm -hmm. you know, you know, celiac disease is so common now that if something is gluten-free and you bring it, you make it known, you know? Yep. Yes, buddy. I was talking about you. Um, or if, <laughs> if there's something where you look at it and go, oh, I don't know if that has peanut butter in it, label it, you know, say like, these are, these are no baked cookies that were made with peanut butter. You know, that that's my personal soapbox. Um, but then also providing parents with enough information about what an activity will entail so that they can make decisions about their child's participation. I like so, it. Yeah. I also think it it sort of leans into a thing that I have felt, I wouldn't say passionately about, but I've certainly considered uh, from time to time when we have these big um, ward functions and everyone brings desserts, yeah. like the consideration of having a gluten-free something or at very least like a, <clears throat> like a not sugar-loaded something like... Like, I, I, you know, most of the time I'm the cookie guy. I'll eat, you know, I'll eat a handful slash pocketful slash as many as I can sneak out of the uh, cultural hall, we'll you know, without feeling like a pig. Yeah, yeah. I'll napkin line my pockets. But like there should be a, an option for folks that maybe don't want that. Yeah. Bowl of fruit. Yep. 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 I'm for it. All right. I've got a uh, a couple of just quickies that I want to share. If you know who Jaron Hall is, uh, former quarterback of the Brigham Young University football team, uh, he was uh, drafted. He took in, the, took in the first hundreds. And now people will be like, no, he wasn't taken in the first hundred. No, he was like 160, 164th, taken in the fifth round. He was drafted to the Minnesota Vikings. So I thought that was particularly interesting. Well, and uh, I heard that he, like, because of his selection, it's like a record now because they haven't picked this many quarterbacks in the NFL draft since like the 60s. Interesting. And I he did not was hear that. The number that put it over or whatever. Uh, I also think that this is a quick and interesting story. Uh, the church helping members in Peru after there have been heavy rains and landslides. There's a great picture from the Peru newsroom of uh, members of the church in their yellow Mormons helping hands vests uh, out to work and help people there, not only dispersing food, uh, but being able to do sandbags and helping everyone in that capacity. Uh, there was a big article about the church helping build um, water infrastructure in Rwanda. And I uh, wish to share that only because I think that the work that is going on in Africa right now with the church, we are going to hear about it in the future about this just tremendous time where the growth where uh, we were able to help put in places where people could be self-sustaining, self-sufficient, will be life-changing 
for all uh, African people, but especially uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I thought that was super cool. Uh, something I did not think was super cool is that police are investigating a church in the hamlet northeast of Edmonton, Alberta, that was destroyed by a fire. Uh, the fire broke out at 3.30 a.m. this past Friday in the hamlet of Cherry Grove near the Alberta-Saskatchewan border. Firefighters from Cold Lake, Bonneville, LaCory, and Iron River came to fight the fire, but despite their efforts, the church was destroyed. A second smaller fire was also discovered at the Cherry Grove, Canada post office, but officials say the fire was put out before it could do significant damage. Both fires are being considered suspicious. And as uh, one member who follows the cultural hall on Facebook said, this was one of our oldest buildings oh. and it's and it's just a tragedy for the community, especially the church community, that it has now been destroyed by fire. It's disappointing. That's really yep. sad. Now, uh, two things. Uh, one, we've got about oh five minutes or so left. And uh, I'm going to ask you to take the next news story. And if you see me disappear because I have to go get my power cord because my computer is about to die, know that I am listening fervently to what it is that you are about to say. And so when I come back, I'm going to have lots of feedback about what it is that you're saying. So go ahead and share your next news article. All right. From CNN.com. What do Mormons believe? Well, first of all, uh, I think it should be what do members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe, but that actually sort of comes up in this article. Um, I was expecting one thing, and this article kind of took me in a different direction. So it's really talking about the, the Mormon movement that kind of happened in the 1800s and how we have different splinter uh, denominations. We obviously have the main Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but then we also have the uh, community of Christ, the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and how those all kind of are lumped in maybe uh, scholastically or um, yeah, under like the banner of Mormonism and how these different denominations kind of go in different directions with a few different things. So um, one thing that it points out, and this is from Matthew Bowman, who's the associate professor of religion and history and the Howard W. Hunter chair at, of Mormon studies at Claremont Graduate University, in California. And previous guest of the Cultural Hall. Absolutely. Um, he talks about how Mormons reject Trinitarianism, the idea that God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit are the same entity. This is a central tenet of mainline Christianity that was decided in early Christian councils. So to a lot of Christians, believers in Mormonism are not Christian. It is an internal debate. Um, so he talks about how within the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, let's see, sorry, the largest denomination of Mormonism states a belief that God, the father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy ghost are one in will and purpose, but are not literally the same being or substance, but the community of Christ, a smaller denomination defines the Trinity as God, who is a community of three persons. Now here's the thing that kind of sounds like the same thing. Yeah. That sound the same thing to you. It, but it, apparently it sounds adjacent, What? But, but not exactly the same thing. Yeah, it, so it sounds like similar enough that I'm like, well, okay. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, buddy, hold on. I'm talking. I'm sorry. He he doesn't have school today. <laughs> oh, nice. Why no school today? Why are we uh, rocking him school? In, he's in preschool, so he goes uh, lucky Friday. Oh, uh, lucky. Hold on to that. What's his name again? John. John, remember, John, hang on to these days as long as you can. Before you know it, it's halftime kindergarten. And then before you know it, it is subjecting yourself to the, the educational system that isn't for teaching. It isn't for learning, John. It is to keep you in line, to make you like everyone else and destroy your curiosity. So, John, you hold on to being curious. You interrupt your mom whenever you can. You be you for as long as you possibly can, John. Well, here's the kicker, Richie. He's going yep. to all day kindergarten next year. There it is. <laughs> dinosaur. Oh, look at that cool dinosaur. Got to be a Patreon saint to see that dinosaur. How old are you, John? He's from Jurassic World Dominion. He asked how old you are. How old are you, John? Five. Five. Nice. You know, I'm doing a five-year-old birthday party on Saturday morning at Sugar House Lake. 
It's not yours, I don't think, but I'm excited. I love five-year-old kids and birthday parties. Five-year-olds are the best, huh? Yeah, they're the best. (laughs) All right, John, get out of here. We got three more minutes. Thanks. All right. Um, let's see. I lost my train of thought. How? How could you lose your train of thought with something? I ever do that? (laughs) No, never, never. Um, anyway, it's a really good article from CNN. What do the Mormons believe? They believe a lot of stuff. But um, I do like what uh, Brother Bowman said, uh, that Christianity, like, who's to say what Christianity is? Like, who? Well, defi- we are. Yeah. We get to. Exactly. Us. That's that's the thing that kills me about it. You know, <laughs> we, we, the better Christians, the better, you know, I just, no, everyone missing the point. Yes, exactly. I don't know. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and it's through him that I am saved. So, maybe oh, but not. it's a different Jesus, Megan. Absolutely. You Mormons believe in a different Jesus. Great. Does that make you feel great? Is Are feel you better. happy <laughs> that you tell me that uh, my Jesus is different? Is that you just being sweet Christian telling me that my Jesus is different? Awesome. You're cute. Your Jesus is just different. Bless yeah. your heart. <laughs> yeah, tap me on the top of the head. Uh, all right. So, um... I'm I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I oh I should mention this and then I've got one last thing and that's how we'll wrap this sucker out. Uh BYU Women's Conference is later this week. Um so if you have not yet registered, you can actually watch some of it online. Most of it's in person. Yes, that's right, back in person at Brigham Young University. There will be 8 hours of concurrent sessions. So much. I was looking at the lineup and I'm like there's people speaking constantly. But now here's the deal. Uh, It will not be streamed online. So I think you have to register if you want to get the sessions later. Mm. So you have to be in person if you want to see it this week, but register if you want to see it later. Uh, You can see the likes of Irene Caso or Caso. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, Jay Annette Dennis, uh, Kristen M. Yee, Sherry Dew. Camille Johnson, uh, just some of the keynote speakers. You can go to uh, womensconference.byu.edu forward slash registration. And again, I think if you register there and plan not to attend in person, they will contact you about how you get those um, recordings in the future. So I want to leave it on this. Uh, when I worked at uh, the BYU radio, I had a great friend. His name was Sam Payne. He hosts the Appleseed. If you've not yet listened to the Appleseed podcast, he does a great job. He it's like himself, a storytelling podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. And and a lot of it, original stories or they uh, record with storytellers, internationally recognized uh, storytellers uh, and he just does a phenomenal job and a greater guy you honestly could not men- uh, could not meet. He was a previous episode of the Cultural Hall. I'll give you that episode. Give me one second. That episode number was 364. So you can find a link for that in the show notes or just be able to Google search that. Or if you're a Patreon saint, it's just right there in your app. Um, but I asked him uh, if he would read a couple of poems written by Joseph Smith. And I don't think that we think of Joseph Smith as a poet, uh, but that is how we'll end out this sec- this second block. Uh, two poems, one very short and the other a little bit more lengthy, uh, from Joseph Smith. The answer to William W. Phelps, Esquire, A Vision. I will go, I will go to the home of the saints, where the virtues, the value, and life, the reward, But before I return to my former estate, I must fulfill the mission I had from the Lord. Wherefore, hear, O ye heavens, and give ear, O ye earth, and rejoice, ye inhabitants, truly again. For the Lord, he is God, and his life never ends, and besides him there ne'er was a Savior of men. His ways are a wonder, his wisdom is great, the extent of his doings there's none can unveil. His purposes fail not, from age unto age. He still is the same, and his years never fail. His throne is the heavens. His lifetime is all of eternity now and eternity then. His union is power, and none stays his hand. The Alpha, Omega, forever. Amen. For thus saith the Lord in the spirit of truth, I am merciful, gracious, and good unto those that fear me and live for the life that's to come. 
My delight is to honor the saints with repose that serve me in righteousness, true to the end. Eternal's their glory, and great their reward. I'll surely reveal all my mysteries to them, the great hidden mysteries in my kingdom stored. From the council in Kolob to time on the earth, and for ages to come unto them, I will show my pleasure and will what my kingdom will do. Eternity's wonders they truly shall know. Great things of the future I'll show unto them, yea, things of the vast generations to rise, for their wisdom and glory shall be very great, and their pure understanding extend to the skies. And before them the wisdom of wise men shall cease, and the nice understanding of prudent ones fail, for the light of my spirit shall light mine elect, and the truth is so mighty twill ever prevail. And the secrets and plans of my will I'll reveal, the sanctified pleasures when earth is renewed, what the eye hath not seen, nor the ear hath yet heard, nor the heart of the natural man ever hath viewed. I, Joseph the prophet, in spirit beheld, and the eyes of the inner man truly did see eternity sketched in a vision from God, of what was, and now is, and yet is to be. Those things which the Father ordained of old, before the world was, or a system had run, through Jesus the Maker and Savior of all, the only begotten, Messiah, His Son, of whom I bear record, as all prophets have, and the record I bear is the fullness, yea, even the truth of the gospel of Jesus the Christ, with whom I conversed in the vision of heaven. For while in the act of translating his word, which the Lord in his grace had appointed to me, I came to the gospel recorded by John, chapter 5th and the 29th verse, which you will see, which was given as follows. Speaking of the resurrection of the dead, concerning those who shall hear the voice of the Son of Man, and shall come forth, they who have done good in the resurrection of the just, and they who have done evil in the resurrection of the unjust, I marveled at these resurrections indeed, for it came unto me by the Spirit direct, and while I did meditate what it all meant, the Lord touched the eyes of my own intellect. Hosanna forever! They opened anon, and the glory of God shone around where I was, and there was the Son at the Father's right hand, in a fullness of glory and holy applause. I beheld round the throne holy angels and hosts and sanctified beings from worlds that have been in holiness worshiping God and the Lamb, forever and ever. Amen and amen. And now after all of the proofs made of him, by witnesses truly by whom he was known, this is mine, last of all, that he lives, yea, he lives, and sits at the right hand of God on his throne. And I heard a great voice bearing record from heaven. He's the Savior and only begotten of God. To Barbara Neff The truth and virtue both are good, when rightly understood. But charity is better, miss, that takes us home to bliss. And so forthwith, remember Joseph Smith. Hey, guys, wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church. So there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com.
Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, it is the Temple Ticker, where we talk about all the Temple news, uh, the nerdiness around temples. We may even have a discussion on the size of temples in today's Temple Ticker. Uh, we're joined by Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, uh, and his asbestos ceiling. You have to be a Patreon saint to understand what that's all about, but he's got the popcorn ceiling like you see in the 70s. And for some reason, when I said asbestos, when I first saw him this morning, I said it like that, and I'm leaning into it. How are you, sir? Doing well. Did you know that there's a there's a town in Canada that's called asbestos, and that's where it came from? No. I so I think, I, I can't remember if they changed the name because it's not very popular now, but that's where that term came from they changed the name because every from everyone who came from that town <laughs> died an early death of lung cancer so they're like guys we got to change this it's not looking good maybe or maybe they wanted to oh i think they did change the name yeah but it was originally named it to? um some french name val de source they, they changed it to radiation <laughs> Uh, great to see you. Uh, you recently uh, were at least in the hood of the Idaho Falls Temple. Uh, if you are a person who has the opportunity to hire other people, hire Corey K. Ward. Looking for jobs, right? Are you still looking? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want just any job, but he loves the flattery of just being hired for any job. So you can reach out to me. I'll I'll forward your hiring emails along. But if you if you want someone like a Corey K. Ward in your business, and what would you stay in Utah? You want to stay anywhere on the in the Jello Belt? Where are we going? I'll stay in Utah. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Would you Complexible. go? Would you go to California? Uh, depends. I guess. Okay. Yeah. The money's right. That's what that sounds like. Everybody, you can send me an email. Contact to the culturehall.com. I'll forward it along. Uh, we talk everything about the temples here, and not uh, not a ton of uh, I guess I would say big news. But there is some news, especially uh, Columbus, Ohio. I was actually living in Ohio when they dedicated the temple the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't get. What a were go. you doing there? No, I was. I was. Uh, I was on a religiously affiliated vacation. Oh okay. But I was in Cleveland. It was our temple. Uh, well, kind of our temple. We weren't allowed to go, but members of the church went down to Columbus, and then uh, fairly recently they closed it, and now it's we're coming back online. Yep. Um, it closed, actually it closed in 2020. So it was originally scheduled to close in August of 2020. Um, but of course, because of COVID, everything closed in March, but for just three weeks before that final closure, um, it was able to be open during the pandemic and about a hundred people went there and got their, um, ordinances for the first time. And, and this was, uh, one of the Hinkland Hinkley era temples, and was it was it a uh, a mold issue, a functionality issue? Do we have any idea why they said, "Hey, this is only twenty years old, but we got to close this down and redo it"? Yeah, which is interesting. In this open house um, press release, they did say part of the things that were improved. One of them was a new exterior. They said better climate controls is the term that they used. So I assume that that means better waterproofing, better just um, energy efficient exterior better windows and everything. They also said it has better building ac acoustics, so um, it's will be more silent inside, I guess. And then they also um, opened up some of the windows, um, have more slash bigger windows that allow more natural light. And so. so so, it's coming online and uh, dedicated first part of June. Open house is in full swing right now. Uh, yeah, the, the governor of, of uh, Ohio visited Mike DeWine. So um, the the church is pretty big on inviting those governors, especially those Republican governors seem to go more often. Uh, I'm not aware of any Democratic governors that have recently visited Temple, but maybe that's just happenstance. Well, Spencer Cox is basically <laughs> a Democrat in the state of... I'm teasing. Okay. There's, there are those people that assert <laughs> things like that. Oh, he's a rhino, a Republican in name only. That <laughs> No, but you're right. It it is interesting the uh the amount of um like po political political publicity that we get into some of these folks. And uh you know, Saratoga Springs, every mayor of any city in Saratoga Springs is going through the Saratoga Springs Temple now. Every day I open the the news fetchers and it's like this is at the Saratoga Springs and that seems to me like it's going to be like 750,000 people through that temple by the time this thing's done. Yeah, more than DC probably. I was uh, I was chatting with uh, 
the mayor of Taylorsville the other day because the Taylorsville Temple coming online relatively soon. That's where I live. I'm in uh-huh. the Taylorsville Temple District, and they're doing the big push right now for, you know, hey, we're going to need some more temple workers and all this stuff. And 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 uh, she was saying that the temple itself, pretty well done, but because Saratoga is going on now, and then I think we have Orem, though nothing official, right? With the Orem Temple, mm-hmm. that they're just sort of, you know, having a go and being like, okay, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And, you know, she asserted... Why, why didn't we just make it like temple time and we open up the, all the temples in the state of Utah and do sort of a thing like that, that way that they could all be online as opposed to this waiting for each one? Because I think what Leighton is pretty close as well, right? I think so. Um, of course, I, don't, I haven't been inside, so I, haven't, I can't really tell you that. But. Sure. But I mean, been enough, been enough time and the out, the exterior has been done long enough. I digress. We're just going to have temple... Uh, open houses here in the state of Utah for, you know, in continuum now. Well, right now there's the one going on in Ohio. And um, something I want to pay, pay attention to is that um, they kept the Moroni okay. and, the, and the murals in the instruction rooms as well. So there's been, um, I guess, a lot of talk that, oh, Moroni is being uh, discontinued. The murals are being discontinued. But apparently in this temple, they're, they're, they're kept them. Well, and do you think that it's an homage? Because as I mentioned, this is a Hinckley era temple, that it's a, an homage to the time in which it was created. We've long asserted that there will be no more uh, Moroni's added to temples, but those where it existed, it's like, just like the, uh, you know, the big temples of LA and Oakland and, you know, some of those things, they're not ever going to make them shorter, even or shorter, smaller, uh, because that's how they're built and 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 it's a tribute to the time. Even like DC, you don't need a, a massive temple in DC now with the other two in Virginia. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh we then traveled to Papua New Guinea. Yeah, they held a groundbreaking for the temple there. Um, it was announced a few years ago. It was one of the first ones that President Nelson um announced as president of the church. And so yeah, finally got a groundbreaking there. Um, Peter F. Muir's of the 70. I think he's an Australian. A member of the church he presided over the groundbreaking and what i found out about this is that they said a group of 18 men walked 100 kilometers through the kokoda track to be at the groundbreaking so hey, you'll have to forgive me i have no idea what the kokoda track is is that like uh the nepali coastline of Kauai? what is it <laughs> <laughs> well actually it was something used during world war ii okay um the the japanese and the australian allied forces were defending the country and so this was one of the tracks that was used to get to the capital and so i guess um i i guess kind of now it's just kind of a tourist um there seems to be a lot of uh, tourists that go there but apparently there's still some locals that use it to 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 go through the towns and everything similar to that uh oma or that uh pilgrimage that people do in is it spain you know what i'm talking about i don't the, there's like a 500 mile religious walk that people do it takes months. I wish I could figure out what this is. It's not going to come to my mind, but I think it's in Spain. Maybe it's Portugal, somewhere over there where you go and you just walk and walk and walk. And and uh, unlike the pioneer children, no one is singing while they're walking. They're uh, <laughs> moaning the trip and all of those things. But it is. It's like, uh, I'll have to find it while you're doing some temple news, but it's like a 500-mile walking pilgrimage of religious nature. It stops in different towns and stuff like that. But you're saying no, nope, it's military based. Uh, let me find that while you are telling me about the Montpelier Idaho Temple. Yeah, the last couple of weeks we've had a few temples. We've either gotten their website or their um their site announced so there where it's gonna be built. And Montpelier, we already knew where it's gonna be built, um, but we got a rendering for the temple. Um, so it's a two-story, twenty-seven thousand square foot temple. Um, if you know what the Orm Temple looks like, kind of looks like the Orm Temple, just kind of maybe a, a mini Orm Temple with Hmm. Um, just a little bit smaller on the top. It has a, a bronze pyramid. I don't know. We're just going through all the colors of pyramids for the yeah. top of the temples now that we have no Moroni. Well, uh, and uh, you said uh, smaller or many, and I'm going to need you to hold off on giving those identifiers as to what the size of a temple is, as we'll find out in our last story of the temple ticker today. So be careful. I'll let you say it now. Uh, the Camino de Santiago is what okay. I was talking about. It's the 500 mile long pilgrimage 
route of the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, from France across northern Spain. It's taken by 100,000 pilgrims a year, culminating at Santiago de Compostela, where St. James relics are kept. Okay, I'll put it on my bucket list. The more you know. Uh, where do we go next as far as temple news? Yeah, we got a temple site announced in Kumasikana. This is the second temple in the country of Ghana. Um, there's a two-acre site there in the center of Kumasi next to the Bantama Stake Center where the first and the second wards meet. Um, so yeah, the temple will be built there. Um, it will be two stories, 27,000 square foot, so similar to Montpelier. Um, and then it'll have an arrival center. Uh, we didn't get a rending for this one. But um, yeah, it's uh, located right across the street from uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church and kind of right across from uh, Pentecostal Church. So just a, a huge density of churches there in uh, Western Africa. It's like uh, it's like Independence, Missouri there. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe. You got the you got the lot church of the Pentecostal folks right across the way and the and the reorganized the, or the restored church across the look it up. It's religious. I, what I've made is a clever reference. Everyone look it up. If you don't know, if you're not laughing, that's on you, not me. Uh, Oslo, Norway. This is interesting. Uh, you're, the the site is what's uh, what's been announced. Is that what the news is on this? Yeah, we got a site and we also got a rendering. Um, so the, it will be an eight acre site in, I don't know quite how to say this, Halverstead, let's say, I don't know. Um, it's, so it's right in between Oslo and Drammen, which are the two stakes there in Norway. Um, the site is currently occupied by some greenhouses. looks like they grow some, some basil, some tomatoes, some flowers, some peacocks <laughs> as well from the pictures. <laughs> so it's right there next to the highway interchange. Um, and then we, yeah, we got the rendering of what the temple will look like. It's a one story, uh, about 11,000 square foot temple. So this is about the the Helena sized Papua New Guinea sized temples that we've been seeing. Uh, if you, if you saw the rendering of the Kaohsiung Taiwan temple, it looks almost exactly like that, except they use kind of a, a gray and a silver palette rather than a, a, a gold one. But what color is their pyramid? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's, it's a silver. Yeah. Ah, good, good, good. There you go. Good. Uh, and then uh, Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, it was announced that that temple will be closing for a renovation, but I also saw the term extended closure. Hmm. So I'm not sure. They said it will close in October of this year, but for nine months. And so it's kind of peculiar that they announce uh, extended closure for this short. Um, normally in these press releases, they say afterwards there'll be an open house and a rededication, but there wasn't any of that. So I don't know if it was just the the news and people dropped the ball on that or if they just announced a, they're just going to do this now announce a closure for a few months okay so, okay that temple was dedicated in 1990 by gordon b hinckley okay and then uh we got some progress on the sweden temple yeah um we knew it was going to close we just didn't know when but apparently it did close at the end of march um they're gonna they're calling this a reconstruction and expansion so unclear if they're like gonna like tear down the temple or if they're just gonna um apparently they're gonna put in a full basement and everything so that um increased square footage from 16,000 square feet to 31,000 square feet uh however they are reducing the amount of ordinance rooms um from four to two with 40 seats each so i guess it's still an expansion and then it's anticipated to last three years so you know, it's interesting. The reason why they're adding a basement is because when people would take tours, they'd always ask to see the basement and they got tired of telling people there's no basement at the, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I don't even know if you get the reference, but to the two people that are chuckling, thank you, everyone uh, who gets that. I'm not even going to give it more attention than that. All right. Uh, the Heber Valley temple. This is interesting because just as I sort of speculated, uh, they, they finally came to a conclusion. Yeah, so the Washington County, um, I don't know if it was the council or whatever, planning commission, they adopted a new lighting code. And in this lighting code, it's amended to allow uplighting, which is what the church is asking for, for the Heber Valley Temple. And so, um, but the code, uh, I, I read that it requires that lights um, not shine directly into the night sky, but have to be captured by the building. And then the bulbs must be shielded so that anyone that's off the property can't just like look over and see the bulb directly shining into their eyes. 
And then um, they must also turn off their uh, lights an hour after sunset or after they close, whatever comes first. But the Salt Lake Tribune reports that the church didn't get all that they wanted. Um, the final ordinance um, requires a softer level of light um, and that church wanted a little bit harsher, brighter light. So they're not going to quite and, get everything. I'm not sure that you saw this, but in the uh, press release about this, they already announced um, one of the songs that will be sung at the dedication of the Heber Valley Temple. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, Let Your Lower Lights Be Burning. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I don't know where this is coming from today. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we go to Burley, Idaho, another place where the temple is is getting a little pushback. Uh, yeah, so the temple there is already under construction. It's been under construction for about a year or so. But the former mayor is not happy. He is alleging that um, the city did not allow a competitive bid process when they allowed the church to build um, their part of the sewer extension. Um, so the sewer extension will eventually, um, so it will connect to their property, but then after the church, it will go to a new housing development, eventually have 1,500 new homes. And so um, the city is saying that they didn't need to split up the uh, contract because the church already had a contractor. The church already did a, a competitive bidding process for that, for the temple. And so they didn't really need to do anything. But the mayor is saying that this is a, a waste of public money that they could have got a bid that may have been lower than the churches. And so the churches, the, the mayor is following, uh, filing a lawsuit against the city of Burley. Over we it. already had a bid from a great member of the <laughs> church that we did in a backdoor deal <laughs> that allow him to have more money. What more do they want from us? That's what this story screams of like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we kind of this and of course, handshake in a dark room like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, and so I should say allegedly with all this, but if you follow any of the details of this particular story, like it's maybe legal what they've done, but it certainly reeks of like immorality as far as like business principles go. Like, yeah, no, guys, we just did it. I mean, it's a great, but we already had somebody. We don't need it. We didn't need to do anything. <laughs> I, I don't care for that kind of stuff. Well, they're, they're arguing that if, if you need two contractors, by definition, it's going to be more money. If you just do this, have the same person do the whole the whole job, then they're going to get a better deal. So I don't know. Unless the one guy who bids knows that you're not going to try <laughs> and get a, an amount from somebody else and goes, yeah, this is how much it is. And they go, okay, brother so-and-so, we'll absolutely do that deal with you. Handshake, handshake, here we go. Guys, did we get another bid? Nope. And again, allegedly, and I don't know. But I think you you're read, the. You must be that lawyer that the the mayor hired. I don't have to have facts. making a pretty good case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to have facts, just assertions and a whole lot of confidence that I'm correct. Uh, and then finally, we go to what I've been alluding to this whole part of the temple ticker so far. No more small temples, says Elder Bednar. That's right. There's no such thing as small temples. Only temple house of the lord uh, there's actually been a push i don't know if it's by other bednar but to kind of get away from the the term temple and use the term house of the lord interesting um so um but yeah he recorded a podcast from the church news and they they made a cool little video out of it but he emphasized that there's no such thing as small temples they all have the same ordinances so they all do the same purpose so yeah. But in Mexico City, you do have a substantial house of the Lord, is what he said. Yeah. And so and, in and order... I think in that same interview, he also does say substantial, right? Like he does <laughs> catch himself in giving a size identifier of the particular temple and then realizing, okay, listen, if there's a large temple, then there must be small or smaller temples. It's, you know, it's a vernacular change. Yeah. So I guess, what do you want to emphasize? Oh, talk about uh, yeah. That's what he's saying. That's what he's yep. saying. Yeah, it's interesting. He's kind of split that uh, split that hair too with his talk about, you know, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We don't have any, I think he said, any queer members or any uh, gay members of the church right there, sons and daughters of God. And I guess that that's sort of a, a beautiful sentiment in that, you know, there's no small or large temples, they're all houses of the Lord. But I, I just think that 
I, I don't know if it's our if it's our human way, but we we identify and say that is a small house, that is a large house, that is a straight. Per- I I don't know. I, I don't know if there's the power and beauty in it that maybe some people see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing the point. What do you think? Um, I think I don't know. I think Elder Benner is trying to change the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So just trying to change this, change the words, and you change the conversation. So. Well, and and I like uh, to that point. I like calling them House of the Lord as opposed to Temple. I think that that's a a significant change. I like that a lot. And, and the Salt Lake one is the mountain of the Lord, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. So there's not not a Baker Temple, but a mountain versus a house. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> are. All right. Well. Uh, that'll do it. You can find all the show notes for this particular temple ticker in the show notes with this episode. Uh, Corey K. Ward, uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Hope that if you weren't able to make it this week, that you'll be able to make it next week. And that if you were uh, sick and afflicted, that you'll get feeling better for crying out loud. Get feeling better. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the Cultural, the cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row.